Mod Breeze. Hi, welcome to the first episode um, of Mod Breeze. This podcast is meant to be a free space for creative people to talk about intriguing topics in a genuine way. And also it's a place where we talk about the newest stuff and um, different different subjects and areas uh, like design and music and art. Um, I'm your host, Hamim, um, designer and music producer. And today uh, we're going to be talking about digital art in general. And I have two amazing artists that I um, found uh, with the use of the internet. Uh, luckily, we have this thing that we call the internet right now that we can just use to find cool stuff online. And their work captured my attention uh, a long while ago. And I'm very happy to uh, be having them in my podcast today. And um, yeah, so uh, the first uh, guest that I have today is uh, Robbie Bullock. Robbie Bullock is a designer from Oregon, Portland, and his work is characterized by having a sense of depth and a sense of um, intriguing mood that is kind of surreal and um, interesting in a way that is uh, minimal in some sense. Um, and on the other hand, we have my guest Julius um, Horsehaus from um, Netherlands. He is a filmmaker, animation producer uh, from Netherlands. He's specialized in the area of fractal-based visuals. Um, you might have seen his work um, on Facebook and social media because that's the way I found about him in the first place. And uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm very happy to start this episode with you guys. Uh, how are you guys feeling today? Good, good. I'm doing very well. Yeah, thanks for having us, by the way. You are more yeah. than welcome. Yeah, thanks, Amin. It takes a lot of work to get this stuff going and <laughs> everyone together, so I appreciate all that. Yeah, I'm happy to have you too. Well, we are in the recording in uh, June. Uh, this is the summer season, let's say, so... The weather is getting warmer, and uh, yeah, um, I wanted to start the podcast with um, the recent things that happened um, in the world of um, visuals and, and digital design, let's say, uh, which is the reveal of uh, two things uh, that are close to each other and connected, um, the so-called Unreal Engine 5 that... Um, been released and been talked about and uh, been trending online on the top charts and uh, in, in YouTube at least as I've seen people were talking about how um, interesting it is and how it's supposed to elevate the new gaming um, era to, to a new level and also like um, the, the PlayStation 5 from Sony um, which is said to be used the Unreal Engine 5 um, technology to to um, to engage the, the players into new level of graphics and details. So, have you guys heard about these two things or one of them? And if if yes, then what do you guys uh, think of that? I've heard of them. I haven't actually seen the PlayStation uh, Five yet. I was actually 
uh, talking about this yesterday, and I completely forgot to. I heard it. I heard it looks really bad, so I was gonna like Google what it was, what it, what it looked like. But I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, of course, I have seen the uh, the Unreal Five demo, yeah, which 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 was blowing everyone's mind, rightfully so, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't seen much on these either. I, I'm familiar with just the Unreal Engine Four, but. I, it's, yeah, the the five sounds exciting and it's very powerful. Yeah, well, real time graphics is something that um, perhaps you guys uh, haven't been experimenting a lot with. Uh, neither I, but uh, it's something that requires a lot of power to uh, to um, run on a very good response time. Um, and it said that this new technology and this new engine is supposed to. Um, take off the limits of uh, how much details could a game has uh, while you know maintaining uh, its uh, feasibility or its ability to function in a quick way in, in the system. So this is something uh, I was excited about because it says that you can create any um, model in ZBrush, let's say, with millions of polygons and it could exist in that environment. Well, I'll, I won't believe it until I actually see it uh, running live yeah. in a system me too um, because you know it takes hours sometimes to render something um with with a, like a powerful computer so how could that even work in a in a console so. yeah i think that i think the trick what they did is uh, supposed to be like um uh, a way to get a really fast ssd to communicate almost directly to i guess the uh the, the the processor or the GPU without having to be loaded into RAM first or something. So you can get an extremely high, uh, so much data in there. You, you're, you're not really physically constrained with uh, with the limit of, of how much uh, RAM uh, the GPU has. I, I think it's something like that that I heard. And uh, I, I do really immediately see the potential of it because uh, I, I don't do any... Uh, real-time uh, graphics, you know, as I do fractals, and fractals are, are almost the, the very opposite of real-time. They're the slowest thing to render, almost. Um, but real-time is, is 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 interesting, but of course, everything that you make, you have to uh, re-topo, and you have to, uh, you know, create all sorts of hacks and things so that you, you know, have the illusion of detail without actually having the polygons. And of course, this uh, new engine sort of, you know, immediately gives you anything that you make, which is usually high poly, whether it's uh, ZBrush or whether it's um, something that's like uh, uh, photo scanned or photogrammetry or something like that. And you can immediately use it in your uh, in your world building, which is which is really good. Like when you know when you when you're you don't have to. So it, it really gives. It, if it works like you know advertised, then it you don't need a big team of of, of modelers anymore. You can just uh, yeah, you could just make something that's really that really looks good uh, with 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 a lot less uh, man hours, I guess. Yeah, very interesting. So it's faster to produce and it's also faster to play with. Um, yeah, I'm very happy with all everything new happened in technology and how hardware allows more potential for software. It's like this connection between software and hardware. Um, yeah, with, with more progress in hardware, we find more progress in software. 
Um, so yeah, thank you for explaining that. I, I didn't know that before that the SSD technology that they incorporated is what makes it makes this possible. This is what I heard. So this is in the PlayStation 5 then, but I, I don't know how the same Unreal Engine 5 would then work on other platforms such as just regular PC, mm -hmm. uh, which is also supposed to work. Um, so uh, I'm not sure exactly about the details. This is just something that I heard someone told me. Yeah, well, awesome. Yeah, well, I don't know. Also, with the, the world of gaming, uh, we have a lot of services such as uh, Google uh, Stadia and NVIDIA GeForce uh, Now, which uh, give like cloud gaming uh, um, like a real space in the player's um, like platform um, or like the player's mind. Like you don't need actual device that can run games to actually run games. So you can just play it from a server abroad using a good internet connection. And I've been doing that with like really good response time. Um, so I don't know if we really need consoles anymore. You guys agree? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I, I'm not a huge gamer, though, so I think it's unfair for me. Uh, most of the games I'm playing are turn-based. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like if you can just have access, like, on your mobile, you you know, you, you, a console, you have to, like, go home and sit in this one spot. And, yeah, I think the world's moving away from going to one place and sitting in one spot for something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th those were just two topics uh, I heard about online and thought about sharing and bringing like shedding some lights to that so that our listeners can know what's going on right now in the tech world. Um, so that's what I'm excited about and I'm looking forward to see. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Have you recently read anything uh, or seen anything new um, that you're hyped about to see in the future? I'm personally not really always looking at the latest um, uh, developments uh, everywhere. It can sometimes just distract from what you're doing. Uh, it's always great when new tools come out and they do something uh, interesting or they give new op uh, opportunities. Obviously, the last couple of years, I've been really interested in the... Uh, uh, what like artificial intelligence can do, neural networks, etc. Um, but in terms of fractals, not much is really happening. Uh, not many exciting things. So that's something I would be looking after or looking out for. Um, and other than that, I'm just really trying to more sort of to work with the tools as they exist uh, instead of um, trying to imagine how fast, much faster it could be if only we had the rights, yada, 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 and mm -hmm. et cetera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I agree. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, uh, I think that's that's cool. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to, I guess, like, agree, echo your sentiments. Like, uh, I, I, I'm almost the same way. I want to, like, when something new comes out, I want to make sure that it's working well enough to, because every new thing you learn is a time investment that takes away from something else. So a lot of the time I'm just sort of waiting to see if it's really like it lives up to the hype for, for most of it. But yep. it, it, it is just like really exciting though at the same time. And, and I like checking into it. Um, all right. What were you going to say? Sorry. Yeah. Well, no, for, he was talking about uh, imagination and, uh, and how, you know, um, he uses 
his imagination to to you know find out about new ways to um, design uh, animations and what he does. But I was this brings another thing on my mind that I also wrote down to to ask you guys about, and I feel like our audience wants to know about it too. Um, you know, from from the the professional's mouth, from the people who actually do the craft in a good way. Um, so you work is is both of you guys doing work, which is um, really amazing. And to do that, it takes creativity and it takes skills. Uh, but that's not only it. Um, it takes also inspiration. And I wanted to ask you both of you guys about your sources of inspiration and how you guys um, handle that um, simultaneously, uh, how you incorporate that into your production, um, in, in your production um, um, pipeline, so, perhaps. Yeah, exactly, that's sort of the word I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, it's always yeah that that is always the question. Sometimes, or at least, sometimes I don't know, and you're waiting for inspiration, and you have you know you have a lot of work to do, and just there is no inspiration. And uh, the the trick I think is to uh, because it can come from anywhere. Like the inspiration can come from uh, from for me at least most often from either movies or uh, or music mm-hmm. uh, or a combination of those. Maybe the music in a movie or something like that can, can be very inspiring. And sometimes I'm for days, I'm, I'm not have to make a storyboard for a new project I'm working on and I'm, I'm just like absolutely not inspired for days. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just looking, you know, trying to create as many opportunities to be inspired, this, and it's, or sometimes it's even travel or something. And now it's with because we're all sitting at home, it's virtual travel. But, um, but yeah, suddenly you're watching something. Mm-hmm. I was watching a, a, a YouTube analysis of the film Avatar. Oh, um, you know, for the, the James Cameron film Avatar. Oh, yeah. That suddenly, this was just last week. That suddenly creates this this creative spark in me because it was. The whole subject of that analysis basically had something to do with what I was trying to uh, make, and it really inspired me. Uh, and then suddenly, you sort of get into this like uh, flow state, right? Oh, yeah. You suddenly, you, everything suddenly starts to like, oh yeah, this is what I was wanted, what I was trying mm-hmm. to say or do. Um, and then you, it's also much easier then to open up uh, the software that you work in for me that's Mandelbulb 3D, but it could be 3D Studio Max or, or Cinema 4D or uh, Photoshop or whatever it is, um, which can sort of, you know, and then suddenly that sort of, it all makes sense and it's very easy and then you forget the time and suddenly like three days have passed and you've, uh, you've uh, made a lot of um, mileage. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so where that creative spark comes from is always a mystery. You, you, you would know that you know you, you would want to uh, be able to control it ahead of time, but you're not. But you can learn to to sort of um, create opportunities uh, f- for that to come. And uh, yeah, for me, it's for me, it's music and 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 film films that I love. Um, but yeah, I guess that's a different uh, thing for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say something yeah. else is like dreams. Perhaps uh, I had a few times where I had a dream, and you know, I woke up and there was something I'm thinking about because of the dream, and then that led me to create something. Um, so it could be that way too. For sure, absolutely. Yeah, so, I, I like to do. You? 
Well, I know I wanted to say one thing about your dreaming. That's, that's something that I like to do. If I have a really tough problem, sometimes right before I go to sleep, I'll try to just meditate on it a little bit and think, okay, I have to wake up in the morning and hit the ground running. So what like, okay, brain, put this on the, on the back burner and process this idea and give me something in the morning, please. (laughs) And, and a lot of times it works actually, if I sleep at least eight hours and do that, I can come up with a little something, but I use that is like an emergency my normal process of ideas mm-hmm. are i mean there's the sources like dreams are definitely one because you you own everything that you was in your dream you never have to worry about copying someone else it's original it yeah. came from you yeah um and then philosophy is a big one for me like that's kind of like the whys and then um psychedelics certainly play into it a little bit that's like i think or you know in the same way like a movie might you get a different you get a time where you have a different perspective and you get to step outside yourself and i feel like that's the moment where you find anything new if you're just really like locked in and you're trying to uh, really work this process hard and really tight and controlling it won't like be t- truly beautiful I think it's more like grabbing from lots of different ideas and and sort of remixing it and getting it together how how you want but one trick for doing that that I've found that I love now in the last few years it's really been working yeah is to have multiple sketchbooks like around. So I have, I have like three. I have a tiny one that is in my pocket all the time with a pencil. So nice. if I'm walking down the street and I think of like a line, just a, a one sentence, I'll write it down, throw it back in my pocket, um, draw a little picture if I need a thumbnail, and then I have another one that's that's more like it could fit in my jacket pocket i bring it on the plane i kind of use it like a like a journal and then when i really when i'm getting low on ideas or broad concepts i'll just start flipping through these and i'll be like oh yeah here's 20 ideas i forgot about let me just steal like three of these and do that Mm -hmm. and then you mix some of them together and you have something new yeah, yeah, it's all like just the way you arrange things. I feel like that's yeah. I'm not. I'm not a. I don't really believe like in the idea of copying. Like I don't think you can just copy each other, or or more so like you can't really own something you've made. You're just more pulling ideas from the world we live in. It's we're completely a part of it, and everything we think of came at some point from it. Um, so it's sort of, to me, it's like just how you arrange things and how you curate is, is where the real like newness comes in. Well, the one they talk about inspiration, um, as far as I heard, uh, they use, they often use, use the word, um, channeling. And I feel like it's something that has to do with channeling, channeling as, uh, as, uh, you know, as in, uh, radio, for example, where, you have you find like a, there's a channel and a station it has a frequency and you have the radio device and you have to adjust to that frequency to be able to get the content from it. Um, I feel like inspiration is always kind of coming to us in many ways, but I feel like it's yeah, hard to um, 
yeah, to be open to that and to channel it in a good way and to be able to perceive, uh, I mean, to receive the, the, the ideas. And, and as you said, a uh, good point is to um, basically write down or, or save the, the idea because we often forget things. And when it comes to the actual time of work and creation, um, we, we, yeah, we have no idea what we're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, but can I say something about the channeling? Because yeah, I, I, I've heard this too, but I'm, I mean, and I, I think it, it's the sort of thing where it does, it can feel like um, you channel ideas and then you suddenly get like, you know, you suddenly like reach the right frequency and then, you know, suddenly the, the, the white noise becomes, becomes a clear uh, signal. Um, mm -hmm. I think it can be a little bit misleading because it, I think especially when you, when you're starting out in any creative field, um, it can indeed be like inspiration is this sort of magical intangible thing yeah. where you either have it or you don't, where there's sort of, and then that can get people down. Like, you know, I'm just not inspired. I, I, I have no idea I'm trying to channel, meditate, uh, do whatever. And they don't get the inspiration. Whereas, what what I think is that a large part of it, probably ninety five percent of it, is just it's it's just a it's a method. It's a, yeah. something you can learn. Mm -hmm. It's not magic. It's there 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 is a system. Yeah. Um, like what Robbie says, you know, like like writing, you know, having a sketchbook on you or, or writing down things that you can use later, yeah. or um, or other things. And everyone has their own system. But but I think it's important to emphasize the fact that it's that it's not a uh, it's not a yeah it it's not magical to 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 have inspiration. It feels magical for sure, mm -hmm. but it's anyone can learn it, and it's it, you know it's just it's a system that you can get. And I think that's important to to sort of to, to put out there. No, I totally get yeah. you. I mean, also like I feel like uh, we are human beings, and we we have a body, and and our body. Uh, has a lot of muscles uh, that we can just train and the, the more you train the more you use the muscle the bit the better it, it gets like in in the hands or the arms but also the brain too is part of the body so the more you use a particular part of the brain the more you train it the more you become better at it so i feel like uh as you said um julius the the more you practice the method the better you become at it in a way do you absolutely agree with that? yeah for sure that that that's that's Absolutely, yeah, true. Yeah, it's like yeah, a pure writer's block or uh, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, yeah well, back, I, back to you, Robbie. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, uh, psychedelics, but I want to be back, come back to that on a later uh, time. But first, I want yeah, to totally. ask you about um, yeah, how philosophy for you is a source of inspiration because I understood what you said about dreams and having a notebook and all these things. Um, and also, like as as he said, uh, watched a movie or something like that. Uh, but how it is philosophy for you? Can you please give us more details about that? Yeah. Um, well, I think in general, like my goal, I'm a designer professionally or concept artist, and I feel like design is there's a an issue, and then you you solve it to, for what the issue needs. But then art in general is more like it's like the a muse or a, a spark or a feeling or something you you really it, i don't think we have a good word to describe it at all but it's enough of a formed idea that that i can chase it anyway um so that that sort of uh the art that i like to explore is sort of this 
part of hu- humans that we haven't completely figured out like oh we, we we have the five senses but i kind of feel like maybe we have like 20 senses we just call five we call 15 of them our sixth sense but i, like, I just met somebody today who, who told me what my aura color is yeah yeah i mean something like we just we like there i feel like there's more like we haven't just really figured everything out so there's there's like these unexplored frontiers all over and in philosophy i feel like there's one where it's just to me it's like why people act the way they do in studying all the philosophers there's this great philosophy podcast called philosophize this that i listened through everything i just loved it and it's basically starts with the like pre-philosophy to, to present day and it, it just sort of shows like people's like their their inner needs and desires or wants or things they find truth in and there's recurring symbols like through time and like I, I like to use what people naturally feel and put that in the art to help explain an idea to someone so the more I know about it the more I can sort of like manipulate the art and also it's there's there's certain uh things I resonate with a ton like my favorite favorite couple philosophers are Socrates and Nietzsche your favorite cup of tea what um my favorite uh my favorite philosophers oh uh, (laughs) sorry yeah yeah um yeah Socrates and and, uh I mean he's yeah it's just I think there's a lot of poetry in philosophy so it's just it's one way I feel like to have really good, like foundational truths you want to build off. Like, like I kind of feel like maybe it's like writing song lyrics and you don't want them to sound like really trite. <laughs> so if you dig deep and you pull out something that's solid, it's hard to um, challenge it as much, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's just, philosophy it's just the love of learning and i yeah. think most of us really have that already so i think yeah, most people are philosophers uh-huh yeah well i totally agree well you know with movies um or or basically like checking out new locations or something like that you just get like a lot of visual information that could influence your uh, actual work but as you said with with philosophy uh, you don't really like improve your aesthetics with that. You kind of only like improve the quality of the story you're telling through your art. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. It's for like story value. Mm, I know. I kind of get it. Yeah. So um, yeah, the topics that uh, within the philosophy um, subject, or as you said, the podcast. I just like take a note of the podcast you just tell me about, so I can. Um, listen to it later I guess it's gonna be uh, interesting since you mentioned it um, so yeah I, I find I like I now I get it now it kind of makes sense how how it inspires you yeah I mean what for one like one tangible example is is um, the, like an idea that everyone has to confront death at some point 
Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just a fact and we could either ignore it or embrace it or challenge it, but it's just a challenge that every, like all humans have it. It's just like human condition. So if, if I do it like, so I did a piece that was just like these, the skeleton staring at his own feet in the water. I did one where there was this skull looking at a live person through a mirror. One half was a skull and one half was the alive human and, I feel like like knowing that people are already not wanting to confront death or, or having to deal with that, like if I put that in a piece, immediately it goes somewhere deep within you because it's just something everyone has. Uh, so it's it's kind of like a, tr- a, a trick to, to, to sort of connect in the first place sometimes. But, but definitely like thinking about everyone having to confront death, that was like driving in a car. I'm like, okay, well, how, how do I make that into a visual? Like, there's a cool idea. Like what, what, what do we do? And then you just go through, like, I guess I went, if I'm trying to think of something, I'll do a minimum of three ideas. But if I really want something, I'll do 10 ideas. And I believe that there's, um, a lot of just uh, value in doing a number of iterations. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you do 10 iterations, guaranteed one of them is going to be reasonable, like mm-hmm. maybe two. But if you only did five, you're not guaranteed mm-hmm. that you're going to get something reasonable. So if I'm really stuck and it's like a process where like I need something, I just version it out. I do, I do 10 versions and it, it never fails me. So I, f- I feel like, uh, that's another, another trick, even though it's annoying, you want to stop at like three or four, but you gotta go the full 10. Yeah. The more you make, the more chances you have to, to reach something reasonable. Um, you guys, uh, throw away a lot of your work cause it's not good enough uh, as artists say usually like it's not good enough to show or like it happens to musicians too at the same time or even sculptors sculptors mm-hmm. um, yeah I actually, I actually don't I, I end up using almost everything I make actually in a weird way um, but it is more to do with the nature of, of fractals specifically uh, and the fact that they are really slow to render mm. um, so it's not a quick I mean, it can take, you know, two or three weeks to render, to render something. Wow. Um, How much per frame? Oh yeah. I can sort of, I, it, it can be anywhere between five minutes to, you know, an hour per frame, depending on, on resolutions. Um, and I have a render farm so I can render multiple frames simultaneously and I can do tricks to, uh, do in between frames, uh, with like a motion estimation and uh, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's so expensive, basically time expensive, right. To, to render, uh, fractals that I, there's no second chances. I'm not going to wait another three weeks before it. So whatever I, it's a, it's a different kind of thing. So whatever, I, if there's a mistake in there and there always is, or something that I don't like, you just have to deal with it. You have to, 
you know, maybe cover it with a lens flare or something like that. Just, just um, and anything. So that's another another way to be creative. Like yes, to you know, I don't. Uh, you can't be a perfectionist because if you were to be a perfectionist, you would have to re-render the whole thing, and it would just you you would only be able to make one piece a year um, tops. So I do sometimes have a render that I really don't like, and I'll just keep it on the shelf for a long time. And at some point, something comes along. Maybe someone wants a music video, and I don't have a you know a budget to, to, to make it from scratch. And I just mm-hmm. I, I can use that thing that that I still have, and I'll just invert the colors or turn it upside down or do whatever uh, until it fits. But yeah, in that way, I end up using almost everything uh, that I make actually, which is I guess not. Not the case for uh, for Robbie. If you make ten sketches and you you end you 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 go with the best one. Well, I think it's I'll just make the same thing ten times and then finally, like near the end, I'm like, oh, this is actually starting to look good. Um, but I, yeah, I I I struggle with that same issue. Sometimes there's things where I'm just like, this this just looks bad. Like I'm trying to learn Houdini right now, and I've spent 15 hours on the thing that looks like uh, just a turd going around a, a, an eight tube, and it just it's it's so it just looks bad because there's like a quality line. And, and with social media platform, if I do like a really bombed render, like people immediately like disperse and I'm like, oh, I think I probably shouldn't have done that. And there's also like a bunch of like really talented peers. And if they see things that aren't bad, they might just bounce out too, uh, which I don't want because <laughs> I, I, I like I so it forces me to like put out the best stuff so I guess there's a quality line and sometimes I'm just like okay this isn't like ready yet but a lot of times it's the opposite I think it's like the best thing and I'll throw it up there and no one will like it I'm like oh, I have no idea yeah um, unless you're Beeple you know like Beeple puts out something every day no matter how much of a, of a turd rotating around something else it is he'll totally. just, he'll, just he'll, he'll, he'll not care at all he'll just go like yeah and he's not going to lose anyone over that <laughs> so if you sort of like make it part of your system that, it, that you, you know it, you know so like most of the times he comes up with great stuff but every once in a while there's just something like okay he, he didn't spend more than five minutes on that one um, yeah yeah, the time doesn't always line up, and I'm I completely agree with people. He's he's like a hero, and he. But I but I have seen a thing with everyday artists where if you're an everyday artist, supposedly you're supposed to beat the algorithm. But I've seen it not work for a few people because it feels like they aren't actually pushing their work; they're just just putting something out every day without like adding one new trick to their process or exploring one thing. And I feel like Beeple's like exploring multiple things every day. So just absolutely he's got the right concept of, of like pushing forward really hard. Um, I don't, I don't know how he does it in, in a, yeah, I, I don't, I've tried the daily thing. Yeah. Uh, I've made it like with, with renders, I did it three different times and got to 22 days. And then with hand drawings, I got to a hundred days once, but it, but like it was, it was like ruining my life. And, but then my skills got really good. It's just, it's, I, I don't know. It's the, the daily game I, I think is hard because part like you, you've been an artist, you've been, you have so much work, um, Elias and, 
same with you. I mean, you guys are just right, right on it, always cranking out stuff. And it's, it's more of a marathon, I think, than surging out really hard. But if you also, if you're too much of a perfectionist, like you said, you at least you get one piece a year or five pieces a year. Um, and then at the end of 10 years, there, there you go. You, you, you've spent like a huge chunk of your artistic time, but there's only, you only went so far because you were hung up on technical specifications that are probably different now, like 10 years later, they're, they're different. So I feel like it's better to just run with all the energy you have, put, throw stuff out with whatever you have. And yeah, if if you need to like go a couple more rounds to polish it up, it, it certainly makes your stuff look better. Um, yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. I, uh, that's always a difference that I notice myself when, when you work with clients or when you have your own, uh, uh free work, uh, you know, when I have my free work, I, I don't spend those extra rounds polishing. Uh, and you know, when you work for a, a client, you you end up doing that yeah, and, uh, and it shows there's, there's just it absolutely shows of course it does mm. yeah but the but the free work always has like a spirit to it the client work always has like some goal that's not like the the artistic nature of it too so i feel like sometimes it can be hard when you're doing client work and they're like let's add some freedom why isn't this as cool as the instagram stuff it's like because it's it's gatorade it's just never gonna look that great i'm sorry yeah well uh you mentioned something about the future um how things are going to change uh it's going to be different and um i i just wanted to ask you also like uh in your guys opinions how um you know, digital art, like where digital art do you think is going uh, in the future? In which direction or how, in what way is going to be different than what it is right now? Uh, because it is a lot of digital art today, 2020, uh, is a lot different than uh, 2010 or, or 2000 or early 2K. Uh, it changed a lot of software started to happen. A lot of artists came to be, uh, came to the scene and a lot of new, you know, things happened. Um, so, you know, you guys think, you know, you have any glimpse, any idea of, of what we're going to see in the future? I, I have, I have one idea that I'm pretty, um, pretty sure that it is the future. Uh, it's, it's like the near future. So I'm just going to go with one near future thing. Uh, sculpting, I have an Oculus Rift and I sculpt with the handsets and Oculus medium. Oh, it's a really crude tool. But I, but for sure, that, that is how people are going to be sculpting in the future. Like you, instead of just X, Y, Z on a flat screen, you can grab your object with one hand, twist it while you're painting and, and moving your head around to kind of check under it. It's, mm-hmm. it's like you get like more axes, more dimensions and, and it makes the whole, so many processes so quick. Uh, I have a daughter that, learned how to do it in about 15 minutes she was like sculpting in 3d and you can output the models and i I just know like someone will will really i I think it's actually been purchased by adobe medium the program but Mm -hmm. i i just know at some point we will we will be sculpting like with our hands not with a mouse and a tablet oh that's nice 
Awesome. Yeah, that, that must be so cool to do. I've, I've not done it yet, but I've seen uh, online videos of people using uh, all sorts of uh, 3D sculpting tools with VR. And that, uh, that, that must be so amazing to, to do. Yeah, that's one of the futures we're going to, uh, we are going to experience. And AR too, uh, we talk about VR, but AR is also like something um, that I feel like Microsoft is uh, focusing on with, um, you know, I think it's, it's where Windows is, is heading. I, th- I feel like Windows would be not limited to a screen, but kind of like something that the interface would be all over the your living room. I feel like it's going to be something that um, you can like, uh, you know, see in a physical space. Uh, as you see your disc in, in front of you. And I, I've seen a few concepts of that, and I feel like that's where it's heading, and I feel like the technology is able to uh, to take a leap to that level where it becomes like the mainstream and people will just consume it on that basis. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think things will be more voice-activated and less hands, like, yeah, just more your interfaces everywhere. But you do need a hollow lens, I think, to be able to see around and right now they're kind of clunky. I think they have to get them to the point where they could fit his glasses or normal size. I think Apple is, is working on that right now. Isn't there an Apple glass or something like that? Uh, I don't yeah. that I know of. I've, yeah. I've, I've seen some like rumors about Apple, Apple glass. I think they call it, which is, I think pretty much an AR, but it was smaller, smaller, um, smaller form factor it really just looks like a like a pair of glasses yeah i think you definitely have to if you're a giant company right now it's certainly a, a thing that more and more people are doing ar it it feels very functional to me like it almost is like yeah it's a website and a slider for your house but it's i don't know vr, VR i feel like is more like for the open different completely different world too i'm I'm more on the more gravitating toward the vr uh spectrum of things me too me too and i feel like ai is also kind of as you mentioned the voice activation and voice command uh tech is is kind of like automatically getting smarter and better because ai kind of like uh, learns um with time so the the more time the technology is, is here, the, the 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 older it gets, the better the better it is, as wind as they say. You yeah, know. I'm not sure if it's automatically getting better. I think there's a lot of people working on it that would disagree with you <laughs> that they're doing, but um, but yeah, it definitely it's 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 amazing how 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 much quicker it's you know everything is improving. But I think when you're asking like what 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 uh, what's the future of digital art, yes. it's a little bit like. Like um, it's a little bit like asking the first um, the first land animal that came out of the ocean and crawled on land millions of years ago, uh, asking what's the future of your species going to look like? You know, like that one one animal has has, has split up in, in in millions of like you know birds and and and. Uh, 
uh, mammals and, 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 and reptiles and everything. And I think the same thing is going to happen with digital art. Like right now, it's sort of like maybe one thing, so, you know, although we already have different, but it's just going to split. It's just going to be, you're going to have, you know, an entire art form that's just based around voice activating stuff or another one that's all AR and another one that's another world that's all VR immersive or domes or um, what have you. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot of different worlds that we're talking about. I think that that uh, is such a broad. Mm. I mean, that's what I hope. I hope it's going to be that. But I, I almost immediately can see that that is going to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just going to split uh, or branch branch out into so many different subfields that will then become entire fields by themselves. Well, there is this quote. Uh, I don't know who said that, but it's it goes like. Um the future is here, but it's not well distributed. Um, and I feel like uh, it means that um, whatever is going to happen in the future is uh, it really can be traced to to this moment and the the present be and the presence because uh, like um, the the big things that are going to happen in the future are are the small things today that we don't hear about. Um, so I feel like um, whatever you know, field that might emerge from digital art and become something um, more advanced. Uh, we can trace it back to, to this moment today that somebody probably in their basement kind of like working on something similar. Um, and also I think that for anything to become mainstream, it has to um, relate to social media because that's the, that is the fastest and... Um, like best way to make something big in a small time. Um, so I feel like the social media platforms are not really compatible yet with a lot of formats that uh, us as producers familiar with. Um, so uh, for example, you cannot really post a 3D object on, on Instagram, for example, that you have created, or you cannot really um, create a real-time uh, fractal um you know, virtual world that can be accessed from YouTube, for example. So I feel like those big platforms that um, are home for a lot of consumers uh, and lead the mainstream, you know, frontier um, aren't really, you know, recognizing the, the the trends that are about to happen in the future early. So, so I feel like they are the gatekeepers that they're supposed to like... Um, allow the new age of artists to exist by allowing them to, you know, to have a presence by, by allowing more, more room for compatibility. Yeah. Although I, I, um, I imagine as well that not everything is, is, is possible to do over the internet. And right now, you know, with the whole, um, COVID-19 situation, everyone, I think all the artists have been, you know, forced to think about ways to um, to purely have your art, whatever it is, consumed over the internet, where you know DJs are doing you know live sets yeah. from their from their basements um, instead of uh, filling up uh, you know places. Yeah, but yeah. I, it, it, I'm not sure if that is the future. I mean, everyone is already you know wanting to go back to the way things were and i think with visual art as well i mean there's instagram and yeah sure you could imagine some sort of vr platform where you're you know immersed in in fractals 
and I have created fractals for VR, and there are platforms for VR mm-hmm. uh, where you can where you where you can uh, put a headset on and and um, and lose yourself in uh, in some fractal worlds. But it's not as cool, in my opinion, as uh, for instance, uh, being in a dome, like I do a lot of dome uh, things, or it's a physical space, right? Like a mm-hmm. planetarium that people um, go lie down on beanbags mm-hmm. and then uh, when the show starts, you, you're you immersing yourself in these in these fractal realms. And I, I, I do not think that VR is a substitute for that. And I, I sort of don't think it's going to be within the next 10, 20, 30 years, that's that's not going to be the case. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to have art, even digital art in a physical way or where, where people can either interact with it if it's interactive, you know, installations uh, or uh, uh, prints or projected or projection mapped or whatever it is um, where people can enjoy it together. And I think it's one of the, one of the things, at least that I sort of, I got it, I've made the, the, I started purely doing things online and then um, I, I enjoy that, but I enjoy the physical spaces a lot more. Sounds like a hella nice experience. I would love to see that though. That is great. Yeah. If you have a, if you have a planetarium uh, near you, you should, uh, yeah, we should contact them and uh, make it happen. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's planetarium. cool. Get, can do that. Yeah, do you do you have uh, aspirations to do sculptures and things that aren't in a framework already, like the planetarium size constraint? Uh, well, I, I don't. I have. I would not do sculptures. I, I do not have no idea. I come from like my background in film, um, and I don't think that is something that I would sort of be able to learn or understand uh, quick enough. But I, so yeah, so I do the. The, the, the projections are made of I make films for for domes so they are um, projected on the inside of, mm-hmm. of a, a 180 degree dome and it's a, it's a it's a it's an experience I made one that's 11 minutes but I'm uh, working on one that's going to be like a full length feature dome film which would be about like 45 minutes or 50 minutes for domes um, it's not directly a, it's not a sculpture but but it's it's um, it's 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 an experience that feels tangible at least yeah yeah is there so with a 45 minute like is the whole thing traveling through fractals and what's what's the music like i'm uh i'm 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 thinking about different kinds of things that i can do with the music uh i work with with various uh musicians um from completely different so i've i've done like I've done like in the Wisdom, which is in LA, uh, there is this like big dome that's like 90 foot dome. And then I do uh, like live sets. So I like live mix uh, fractals with just, um, what would you call it? Dance music, electronic music um, from, uh, from the, this was a Desert Dwellers and Blue Tech that I worked with. Uh, these are just people dancing inside fractals, but these films, I, I don't really use the electronic music as much, although I might do it for like for one scene or something, but it would be more much like, uh, uh, either something. I really love the movies, Sam Sara and Baraka. These are these, yeah. like, these, uh, Michael, yeah, the Michael Stearns made that soundtrack and something like that. Um, I would, it would really work in a dome with fractals. I'm, I'm hundred percent sure of it. And I work with this, uh, 
uh, my, my last film, Fractal Time, which is at the 11-minute dome film. It was scored by David Levy, who is a composer from Austin, Texas, who does a lot of um, uh, he does a lot of um, games, uh, c- computer games, kind of music, scoring games. Yeah, yeah, scoring. Oh. Yeah, with video games. Yeah, I, w- I want to see one. Oh, I, I'm excited for the 50-minute fractal. Do, do one in Portland. We, we have a science dome. There's a Great. Dome yeah. So yeah, I should I should contact them when 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 everything reopens. Yeah, that that would that would that would be cool. I'd love to I'd love to have it in uh, in Portland. Yeah, we Portland doesn't get a lot of like all the artists are hiding and from other places and like more art focused events like that, I think would bring out a lot of people because there's tons of patrons and people that are into it. It's just, there's not as much of it in the, th- in the 3d, I guess, and visual video. It's more of like a California thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, but people would support it though. So it's, it's worth, it's worth the effort. I'll support it. Sweet. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, I'm also excited for the dome. I I, I don't know if I, there's a planetarium next to me. Other, if there is, I might email them. Um, so yeah, moving on to uh, we were, we spoke about like the I don't know the possible futuristic um, tech that might help digital design or digital art become um, more advanced and more popular. Uh, but I also wanted to talk about um, like uh, success uh, for for designers. Like uh, many many of us define success in a different way, with views, with likes, with um, Im- how impactful it is, or or how um, evocative the the artwork itself um, is becoming. But um, yeah, I had this question uh, I wanted to ask you since we have we might have a lot of like people listen to us that um, are new to, to to design in general or, or digital art. And I wanted to know like what do you guys want to uh, like uh, tell them like uh, maybe like you want to tell them like a little advice uh, if there is advice and what would it be? And also like, uh, you know, the question of like, uh, is it uh, th- does does digital design and art has to be your main thing in order to be good at it or can it also exist as a hobby or as a uh, side project that continues to grow as you age and continues to become better and better um, and becomes part of your journey uh, yeah um, wh- wh- one thing I can say about I, I think there, there's like you know, if you ask every any artist, they'll have a, a different answer. Um, I think one of the things that are important were important for me is that I um, I did not specifically set out to be a digital artist. It sort of that sort of happened along the way. Of course, it's possible to to do it as a hobby. Um, but what I think is important is that you learn different skills uh, from completely different subjects or uh, and then you sort of you create new ways to combine them when you got good uh, or at least reasonably good uh, not perfect but just reasonably good at some of those subjects for instance for me I started out with film like physical I was on working on a 
straight out of high school when I was uh, 19 I started working on a film set doing a, a, a physical work with with uh, with uh, lights a camera assisting and uh, you know, sound recording uh, for Dutch drama uh, stuff Dutch drama TV and uh, just learning learning the ropes of the of, of the film set the, and then you suddenly you, you, you get an understanding of, of lights and cameras and then you get into 3D and then you get into 3D with a little bit of a different background than most 3D artists have because you sort of yeah you have this this film background um, and so you treat cameras you know 3D cameras as real cameras or 3D lights as real lights etc and then Later, you sort of get that into that, uh, uh, for me, with the fractal. So you sort of combine different things, and then you create something new, and then you've, you you know it when you sort of, when you get there, it's like, oh yeah, this is something that, you know, I've been sort of, you know, practicing my whole life for, but I didn't know I was practicing for this specific thing. It's just a very specific niche thing, and then you, you, uh, you start developing that, and then that is an, that is a something that you don't have a lot of other people doing. So it's basically the sort of, this, it's a side door approach, right? You, it's not like getting in line, doing what everyone else is doing. You can do that, but you've got to be really good, be the best, uh, work the hardest. And then you sort of, you, you, you can sort of take the road that everyone is taking. Um, but for me personally, I would have given up a long time ago if I would have to do that. So you do different things, you get good at different things, um, and then you combine those things in a novel way, mm-hmm. uh, and then that sort of starts uh, starts the whole thing where people will notice you. But this is very personal. This is for me. I think that's different for everyone. But but uh, yeah, that's that's my two cents there. Yeah, I, I I I agree too. I I I should. I think there's like two parts to mine, but. Yeah, the first the first part I think that's important that I would say for people that are starting out is like what you're saying, Julius. Like you need to find something novel. Like it, like you, if you want to compete with everyone else and you do the exact same thing, then you'll have much tougher competition and you it'll just be harder. But if you keep looking for that that new tech and that way that things are integrating that's brand new there's, exactly. there's like this kind of new frontier that's constantly expanding and if you know how to find the frontier you can be pretty average and still make a living because you just found the right spot on on the with the way things are rolling um but like i think there's more to it too i i kind of generally like you want it you don't know much about design you're not sure how to get into it I, I feel like maybe the question is if you even like design or if you like 3d it's it's tough but there's probably one thing that you really like like you you watched a movie you really loved and you just love this detailed modeling on some small area or, or some effect that happened there's something that really turned you on to this in general to even like listen to a podcast uh, that thing you have you have to lean in fully into that because to me there, there's like this thought idea that if you want to be world class you need to put in ten thousand hours into the specific thing that you are focusing on so whatever that thing you love in get, get ready to spend like thousands of hours 
And if, if, if that's design and you need to spend your thousand hours, if it's your hobby and you work as an accountant all day and then you come home and spend like two hours on the computer doing design, there aren't enough years in life, I think, to, to like become really successful <laughs> before you'll run out of time. So to me, it's much better to get a, a, a job as like a production assistant in a design studio where all you're doing is getting coffee and lunches, but you're, you're learning and you're, you're there in it and they, yep. and if you're drawing a bit, they'll let you keep doing it and you're putting in time toward your goal. So I think you should definitely first find the thing you love and then find the way to get the most of that into your schedule as possible. And, and with the idea that you're looking, keeping an eye out for the new sort of uh, frontier to sort of navigate on your journey, I, I think you can become world-class at anything with, with that kind of structure. So yeah, I really com I completely agree with the with the ten thousand hours. Of course, well, if I said book, it was a really good book. Uh, it wasn't called Ten Thousand Hours, but it was about it. Um, Did you it, read it? Well, like, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers, maybe? No, it's I, no, that one was good too. No, I think it's called Mastery or something like Mastery. that. Mastery. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know what? I I didn't read it. I kind of I'm on twenty five thousand hours, and I still am not great. So I, I don't <laughs> oh, know if man, it's a general. I, but I was going to ask you, Robbie, did, like, did you set out, like when you just started out, did you set out on like, oh, I need to do 10,000 hours or did it just like go over before you basically even knew that you were trying to put in 10,000 hours? Um, yeah, no, I will. I think I knew from like when I was like six that I want to be an artist and it's never changed. So it's it's like, I don't know, I've put in every hour. The, the entire time that, that I can. I'm also like super lazy too. So, <laughs> but I guess what I was like, what I meant was like, um, were you just putting in the hours because you wanted to like, you know, get to that 10,000 hour or 25,000 hour mark? Or was it just, you know, it was every hour was, was its own goal to do and was fun to do and, and had its own uh, reason because I can imagine when you're thinking about, Oh, if I only get good after 10,000 hours and the first eight hours are going to be, you know, are going to be, extremely hard because you're just going to think, Oh my God, that, that mountain is so tall and I'm only just at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I'm doing that right now on this like Houdini thing. I, I've spent 200 hours and like I can, it's some of it's slightly passable. Um, I, I think at this point, after realizing that there's a, a mark of a time that you put in and it came from people like people or Ash Thorpe and mastery, like that popular idea and now it definitely is. I, I like, I try to do like what people says. He's just like, just sit down, open it up, do something. If it's 15 minutes, it's 15 minutes. Begin the process of every day sitting down and opening something up. I like with the goal being like, you don't know what the goal is, but you're going to get better. And that I fully agree with. Um, and, and there's, there actually I heard a story. I like, I can't say the source because I, I think it was NPR, but I don't want everyone to like, d I don't want to be wrong. Uh, no, but okay. the story is, is something that I've loved for the last five years and has kept me going. So there was the way the story goes is there was a control experiment 
where they had two groups of ceramicists, so people making pots. Mm-hmm. Group The first group, group A, is just supposed to make the highest, high concept, most quality, pristine, like as many revisions, just make it perfect, quality. The second one, quantity, just it doesn't matter how bad they are, make as many as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of the study, they actually found the, the people doing the quantity actually now had the better qual- quality as well. Oh. They had done it so much. And a lot of times in art school, they steer you the other way around. They're like, oh, no, just you're just throwing shit at the wall, wasting your time. Like, you need to be focused. And we really just mm-hmm. think about this idea. And you just listen to your instructors. But instead of, like, thinking and listening, you learn so much more from getting your hands moving and so, yeah, my whole like philosophy earlier in life was like, do the masterpiece. I'd seen those masterpieces in the museum and that gloss, and I just wanted to have that perfect oil paint. Uh, but now I think I, I will get there, but it's going to be uh, through putting in thousands of hours, just sitting down and putting in time. And I think that goes for like someone who wants to be a chef or like a music producer. I mean, I think it's, you you just have to just keep putting the time in and yeah, it's delayed gratification for sure. You might not see it for a few years. Um, All right. One more dumb story that I think pertains to what you were saying, Julius, where uh, I like, I wanted about five years ago, I wanted, I had this idea for this still life 3d render and I wanted all these flowers with like this, like honey sort of dripping out and these sort of real bees floating around and have a real like Dutch lighting to it. Like a tradition, like a classic painter. Mm -hmm. And that image has never left my mind and for, and I'm just not good enough. Still, I just keep trying. I open up plant programs and trying new shaders on the leaves. I'm trying, I'm learning better studio light. I think I'm there on the studio light and render quality, but I still have like, there's still so many things, but yeah, it's so eventually like in another few years, I'll get my render that I've been trying to do for years and years. And, and then at that point, it's like, yeah, I've, I've arrived all I got. I just got paid for the last eight years of trying to learn 3D. Yeah. Yeah. I can see how that works. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Definitely. Times is like time is the, the best way to get better at things, no matter what. Um, if we make any type of things, even in sport, they have the same thing or in any field, probably. Um. But yeah, the, the study you mentioned is pretty interesting that um, with more quantity, the more you do, the better you become at it. So it doesn't matter the quality because the quality is going to come um, spontaneously without you even focusing on quality. You're just going to get it because you you practice and experience levels are getting higher. So it totally it's makes uh, sense. It's it's it's. Uh, I also really like just the the whole ceramics uh, pottery uh, uh, thing here. It's a little bit like what nature does as well. It's like, you know, it, like nature makes a new human or animal or whatever, um, and every you know generation uh, doesn't try to improve uh, each individual uh, uh, animal, but it always tries to say, okay, we'll do the next generation. We'll do the next generation, and in that like 
you know, through DNA and stuff. But that's, it's a much better way to, um, to, to create something than to try and, uh, and perfect uh, something you already have sometimes. Yeah, that's well put. All right. So, um, one thing that I, I said that I want to talk about and I still didn't was, um, like, uh, the cheat code, the cheat, the cheat, um, you know, when you play video games, you have this, like, uh, sometimes like a cheat, uh, code that you enter, or like, uh, some kind of combination of buttons. Oh, is that how your guys are always winning? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, no, I'm, I'm not winning. Like Robbie is winning because he's doing that. I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> AKA, uh, psychedelic. So Robbie, just tell us about that. Like what's your oh. views about it and, and how you make advantage of that. Yeah, that that is definitely is a little cheat code for that. Um, I well, I, I'm it's no secret, outspokenly uh, for psychedelics. I, I I am not in like people lump in psychedelics with drugs, but just if you if you look out there, like people are understanding actually specifically. Um, psilocybin which is in mushrooms which grow everywhere in the world um these are medicinal they're they're getting decriminalized they were just decriminalized in oakland california and i think in yeah in in the netherlands they're they've been decriminalized for a long time i think i bought some mushrooms next to like uh, like a drink at the corner store yeah but, you can buy them here in the in the, yeah, the smart yeah. shops they call them yeah yeah, so you guys know, I mean, you probably have been in those, but I, I think that, like, it's, they're very good at um, shaking off a lot of the hype of the world and, and kind of opening your third eye or your 16th eye or who knows what it is, but it sort of opens you up and you, and you, and like, I, 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 a lot of the time, I'll, I'll see, I'll get broad concepts. I'll be like, okay, so I, I, how do I make like positivity look appealing to people in the way like uh, man versus machine does it with Nike shoes? Can, can I make, and, and then just like see like, I don't know, I'm very visual, see, see like different sort of like worlds and images and, and, and a lot of it is, I mean, like geometric, it's very, especially like when things get like depending on what psychedelics you're investigating um things can get so detailed they're actually like more detailed than base reality and you're like how how is this possible it's supposed to get muddy and wishy-washy but it actually things like start getting like clear and and sort of make more sense and i think especially with mushrooms is you you can sort of like talk to your subconscious a little bit and have a little conversation with yourself uh i get pens out paper the sketchbook laugh cry listen to good music think about all the people that love me like it's 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 pretty in like sometimes intense uh like as far as like it's emotionally like very pure you feel like you're like alive you woke up as like a wild animal in nature and i think just the combined experience it's it's really like words sell it short my stonery california accent and bad grammar sell it short but do your own research and look and it's 
it'll cost you a few hours and in in you know 30 bucks but uh it's it's pretty or, or actually just find a friend who has them don't spend any money <laughs> yeah but uh it, i i think it's it's worth like the look into your own psyche and in if you're if you want to make stuff like on that frontier i think it's good to have like these like perspective changes like uh i mean you can go go on vacations go like do weird things like i i went skydiving once and it's you just try to just bring in as many uh, like colors and spices and arms reach as you can so when you're making your really delicious soup you you just you just know what's going to be just right to give it just that certain like feeling um what, what about you guys are you, are you guys into psychedelics i get the question a lot because my work uh being uh, 95 percent fractals <laughs> is very uh or is often described as very psychedelic well, and is often is the um, uh, a lot of people have written me or just YouTube comments or literal emails that they write they write me where they um, say that what I made is something that they experienced um, while experiencing psychedelics and they would never they were never able to describe it to anyone and uh, some go into tears almost uh, when they sort of are able to see uh, what they experienced. One was even more disturbing. It was actually actually a guy who uh, who who tried to end his life, and 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 he saw something. Obviously, he didn't he didn't succeed, um, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But one of the fractal films that I made is he told me was the exact thing that he saw um, that moment that he thought was uh, what the last uh, was his last moments. Um, Funnily enough, I, I am not a, a, a user uh, of, of, of psychedelics. I, I have done mushrooms and, and some other things. Um, and the reason is pretty much that I'm a bit of a little afraid of it. So I'm afraid to sort of get stuck in, in somewhere. I'm just not really good with, with altered states. I'm very quickly feeling very paranoid and uncomfortable. Um, I can imagine though that this, this is something that is, I want to know, I, I obviously I've heard so many stories and I've been so many times in, um, places where, where, uh, people that have a lot of experience have, 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 have uh, talked to me about it, uh, for many, for many hours. So I would really like to experience it someday. And, and I might maybe when I'm sort of like a really sort of good place where I think, okay, this is, this is a perfect moment. Uh, for now, I'm really happy that I can sort of experience these kind of realms using my laptop, uh, opening Mandelbob three, getting into these fractals. I can, I, I think I have a pretty already, maybe my mind is already kind of, um, sort of in the shape that, that maybe, um, other people get when, when they get there. But when I feel uncomfortable or when I don't want anymore, I can just close my laptop and I can just be back in the real world. And that's just something I need right now. Um, oh yeah. But I'm curious about, I'm curious about these, about these, uh, about these experiences. So yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You might, yeah, I think, I think you Well, I agree. It's, it's, it can, it can be super scary, especially like if you've had some bad experiences, but there is, there's a couple of good, uh, 
if you if you have like some really good music everything set up you don't have to go anywhere you get all your like supplies all your snacks and drinks and um and then also there's a really good off switch for for mushrooms where you just slam a couple shots of like tequila or vodka or something and and it pretty much kills kills it um really oh i never heard of i really i never heard that that that's that's a really good tip yeah after like the four hour mark if you're just over it it's I don't know. For me, it's like staring me. It's just like, hey, ready to go to bed? I'm like, I don't know. I came so far to be in this state. Like, is it, do I really, you know, do I have to go back now or do I, do I like pull through to see what's in here? Um, but yeah, it's very super challenging. Um, but but there's, I think there like there's some like potential benefit there's there's the thing this is like too crazy for this podcast so i'm sorry guys go ahead go ahead there's (laughs) there's there's this thing called crazy (laughs) it's it's i don't even it's it's basically like a huge uh dose of mushrooms and it's this treatment that they administer to terminally ill cancer patients in john hopkins center uh here so they, they give them this normally large dose of mushrooms and you get like a head mask in this playlist that lasts for about six hours and people uh actually i think i'll come back to the name but there's someone who was talking about a big uh a big philosophy guy was actually did the same thing and talks about it um mm. i wish i wasn't blanking on his name he's one of joe rogan's buddies who is uh he's like the atheist dude um i don't know i'm a bit sorry atheist oh sam harris yeah sam harris so sam harris just did one of these like like five gram mushroom trips and talks about it and it's 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 better to listen to because it's like a real person who who just kind of experiences brand new for the first time recently and describes it. Um, but back to the the cancer patients after going through this, like for six months, they just weren't like worried about death anymore. And I feel like there's I also felt that way. I, I did this as well. And, and I, it was so intense, but like afterward, I was so thankful for life and so in touch with like my time left alive, like pulling in air and like the presence of the world and just connected to other people. It was weird. It was, it was a really uncomfortable, like bath. Uh, it, sorry. I, it was never like truly uncomfortable, I, but it, it, it's like an, int- it's still intense though. It, but there was, there was quite a cool reward at the end. Um, so don't completely cross it off your list. And, uh, but all, but to s- I wanted to th- mention one more thing, like when you're talking about your worlds and showing like yes. people responding, I feel I feel like people like really deep down feel this. Th- there's like another sort of sphere of of reality that that guy that almost died felt. I I actually. I mean, this is this is probably too much to you, but I had like a near death experience wow. in the hospital where like I like the I could hear the the like machine just like beep 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 no like yeah yeah it happened twice the same night so that's why 
but but there was, was a that place there by somebody else, or was it just a hallucination? No, no, it, it, like I, I beeped out twice in the same in the same night in the ER. Um, yeah, the nurse came and like my my oxygen that was in my nose had like fallen out, and she was just like comes in, she's like, oh, oh man, oh, this little guy fell out again. Let's just pick it back up, and then it happened again. Um, and both times I went to this like we like very geometric place that had a mood it was very neutral it wasn't like heaven or hell it was very gray and there was like some geometry and i was kind of moving towards some of it but it and then i snapped back like they put in the oxygen came came back alive but i feel like psychedelics like that like there's certain points where you there's like these spaces is how I would describe it. It's the same space you're sitting in. It's just like, it's around you, but it's not like the walls and the floor. It's just a different space. But like when, when you're tapping in with some of those altered states and consciousness, you you get to like, take a look at the space and all I, I would say dreaming is the same. If you can remember your dreams and like, if you can lucid dream, it's, you know, that too, they, you know, be, people want to connect with that emotion. Like maybe that's how we felt when we were in utero. Like maybe, you know, why, why we connect to it so much. But I think there's like, when you do those beautiful fractals that are, that have those billion level details in there, people feel that. And they're like, Oh yeah, the billion level world. Like, I know this, you're like, singing me this song from like before I can remember like please like tell it like give me more um in the the better technology gets and the more your algorithms like the the, the faster you can get them done like you, you do those kind of play them off people like oh is it more like this is it more like this and uh you know it's a really it's like a nice postcard of a place people want to visit but they have no idea how to and you're showing them this cool poster for it and and letting them come in and see it too it's it's uh yeah i think i think it's very touching for for people that go to those states to like have artists like represent it and show it and try to help other people understand this thing you can't see mm-hmm. yeah yeah totally no oh, yeah um, so first of all, who would have thought that the guy who makes all those amazing fractals doesn't do psychedelics? I mean, yeah, the first thing that people that see that art think about is, is that you do psychedelics, but this is a big surprise that you don't. Um, so yeah, it's quite an interesting fact. Um, but also kind of cool, but you, you try them though. You got the window open at least, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes, I did indeed. But indeed, I had some 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 bad experiences that that will um, that makes me. Uh, I think maybe I, that's. I mean, I, I just feel like I'm more quickly removed from this reality than my friends with the same doses, you know. Where with other just more benign things. Um. So I yeah I just uh, but I I, I will. At some point, I will want to know what it's all about, and we really want want to go deep. Um, but I'm also a little bit afraid, maybe that I will sort of lose my inspiration or something. Maybe I will see something that 
is so much more than all these fractals that I'm making that I'll be going like, yeah, you know, fuck these fractals. I won't be, I'll never be able to, 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 to even come close to the real thing. Um, and it's sort of could kill my inspiration. Who knows? No, I don't think so. What will it, can, can I ask you about like the algorithms and the math that you use? Like, yeah, I wanted to I'm ask not, him too. Cause even, I mean, if it's sound math, I think it might be the same math no matter what. Oh, I mean, I think that my, my, uh, my own, um, uh, theory, my, my layman theory is that we'll have, you know, where our brains are, are, are built fractally that they are, you know, they, they have a hierarchy in, 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 in the way the neural, uh, networks, and that hierarchy is reflected in fractals, which is why our, our brains will, will first of all, click with fractals when they see it. It sort of feels like everything is, is right, which is also why nature is fractal. You know, it feels when you're seeing a tree, it's much more relaxing than looking at a building because a building isn't fractal and a tree is. Um, so our, our brains have this natural tendency to like fractals, which is like, you know, a study that, that has been done, you know, there's a specific fractal dimension. I think that is sort of optimized and that everyone, you know, just sort of has a natural peaceful feeling when they see it. Um, and then, you know, when you have altered states, you'll, you're, you, you will sort of see fractals because we are actually perceiving the world in fractals only. We're not sort of like, uh, conscious about it, but you know, when, when things are different, we're suddenly, conscious about it or we can only describe it uh with fractals so these formulas that i use are are different uh they're all different formulas and i'll never use just one single formula i always use a, a combination of formulas so you can have you have different iterations in fractals so you have for iteration one you use you know the mandel box and then for iteration two you use the the, uh, the reciprocal z3 whatever it is um and then it goes back to the first iteration and then second and the first and the second um, until infinity, of course. So it's very different for each, for each fractal that I make. And that's also why it's so interesting that just with a couple of formulas, you iterate them in different, you know, variations and possibilities and you get just, you know, entirely different uh, um, worlds. Yeah. Are there, so there's different formulas. Are you there? They're kind of like, if they all, they're, they're just sort of like these bullseyes in a, in an ocean, right? Where just one just doesn't create total chaos. It's like this perfect humming vibe, like resonance. Um, is, is that right? Or do you, do you actually, are you crunching math yourself and sort of figured plugging in different variables that just haven't been tried yet. Well, no, I'm, I'm not really, uh, into the mathematics or I'm, I'm not a mathematician. So I sort of have an intuitive understanding of the math, uh, but not a really deep understanding of the math. And I couldn't, wouldn't be able to explain it to you how it, how exactly it worked or what, um, you know, what, what all these numbers do. Uh, I'm not good at math, by the way. I have Yeah. So you don't need to be for, you don't need to be for, uh, you know, for, uh, playing around with fractals. You, you, you will develop an intuitive understanding of it though. But, um, uh, what was your, oh yeah, whether it's like a, like a bullseye in the ocean. Not really, no. Like mo most, most combinations and in each formula you can have less, like different uh, variables. So you have like, 
you know, like, I really like even with one formula, you already have an infinite amount of possibilities. But when you combine them, it's it, it's vastly larger than that. Um, but but although you will have a lot of noise, you will most of the time you'll get something that that looks renderable. Um, so most of the uh, combinations are valid in a way. So it's not really, it's obviously the whole thing is looking for the right combinations and looking for the right spot to film it with. But I really, usually I compare it with, uh, not much with like, like designing, like what you do, um, or what a sculptor does. Um, but really much more with exploring and, uh, documenting. So I'm, I'm a cameraman for National Geographic, right? Really going into the wilderness, not knowing what they're going to find and then trying to sort of get the right angle, get the right lights, uh, and make the pretty picture, uh, of the nature that already exists and that I didn't create. I'm just sort of documenting that. that that's really how, how, how it, how it sort of feels. And then, uh, there's obviously many more facets to that, but that's, um, yeah, that's the basics. Yeah, that's a cool analogy. Yeah, it's not exactly designing, but it's more like exploration. Exactly. I cannot claim that I have made these things because they exist already, right? In, in, there's an infinite amount of combinations, but in a way, they sort of exist, and it really feels like that. When I, when I, you know, I just, you know, start try different combinations. I fiddle with sliders. I move the camera around using the WASD uh, keys, just like in a game, um, and then you suddenly you. You, you, you turn a corner and you suddenly see the shape that you've never seen before. And it really feels like I'm, you know, the first person, you know, in the world to lay eyes on, on, on this, on this alien shape. And it feels like I'm a pioneer and I sort of, you want to share that, that experience with, 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 uh, with your viewers. Indeed you yeah, are. you are. <laughs> and yeah, I, I think like the, the most important thing for me, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's like, in, in art in general, uh, whether it's music or design, um, is is innovation basically. Um, I just like to create something new that haven't been done before, and when you look at it, you, you see oh, this is something fresh basically. And and in in fractals, um, particularly, you manage to do that well. So um, um, I think yeah, because you manage to find another way another method another um way to to approach it not exactly to design it but to um to basically influence the the program or the algorithm in a way that could generately generate uh visuals that way yeah that's like the innovative approach that is spectacular um yeah, so we had uh, one minute thirty, uh, one hour thirty minutes uh, uh, mark, and uh, this means that we come to an end to our um, podcast. So uh, thank you, our listeners, for tuning in and for listening to this. This is episode two. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, feel free to share this with your friends and everybody that you know on social media. Uh, follow us. Uh, follow my guests. You'll find them in the description in this. Uh, podcast uh, somewhere I will tag them and uh, yeah be be tuned in for the next episode when I'm going to have more artists more uh, amazing people to interview and to ask and to give you more knowledge and insights
This was Mod Breeze. Next episode, we're going to talk about graphic design uh, more uh, and also more into visuals, uh, visual sides of design. Uh, so thank you for tuning in and uh, yeah, have a lovely day. Goodbye. Yeah.